And since I don't know Steve very well, this is the first time I've met him, uh, we happen to have, the only thing I know about them, about Steve, is that he took Sarah and Seth from us. <laughs> and so, so just think about that. <laughs> All right, so why don't the Gerbers come up and introduce. Hello, everyone. <laughs> That's how I feel. Yay! You're all here. <laughs> yeah, this is like really fun for us. Little dreams coming true. We prayed that Steve and Wendy would come, and they did. It was a miracle. Not being on the Michigan agenda at all, and it just happened. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> we could share this. Steve is the most encouraging person I've ever, ever met. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, so we've been blessed to be under Steve now for nine months, just over that, and our lives will never be the same because of that. And so it's a real treat to have him here and a real treat to, um, it feels like worlds colliding for us. So we feel really excited about this <laughs> because as we've been so impacted, just to have him be able to make a deposit into New Day and into this region and into this place, that's exciting for us. Yeah, I think, and what's particularly awesome for us is that Steve is like a developer of leaders. That's what he's known for. Um, that's kind of his legacy. And uh, he's, yeah, he's just come out with this book called, um, yes, The Culture of Empowerment. And it, it is such a great book, but it's basically just written out of his life. It's who he is. And so it's really significant that he's speaking to the leaders. And, uh, you know, it's just, he carries... Um, what leaders need to not just excel, but to th really thrive. And so we're just excited to have him talk. So without further ado, we just welcome you, Steve Backland. You can correct that. Mm. There we go. We're good. All right. Am I on? Yes. Well, it's great to be here. It's great to. There you go. Just turn it up a little bit. Yes, hello. It's mainly for the recording. Yep. Well, it's good to be here. Yes. Uh huh. That sounds like something's happening. It's great to have Seth and Sarah here, and they just love you guys and just so talk so highly about their roots and this region and so to be able to be here and partake of it and just share some time with you is very exciting to us and to me and Wendy. I know Wendy got to minister this morning to some of you ladies in, in uh, Bristol and so that, that was uh, here a good time. So I get to be here tonight and, and I love places like this. This is, this is where God likes to show up. He really does. You know, whatever you think about 
you know, Trump's election, one thing that was true was that rural America rose up. And, you know, that's how he got elected, it was rural America. And, and, and I just believe it's rural America's time. You know, I know, you know, some of you obviously are not from here and your other campuses and that, but that's why a plant here to me is so significant. So significant. And, you know, it's, uh, it's places like this that I just say, I, I travel and, you know, just travel all over the world, but it's, it's places like this in America where it's happening. I mean, I just heard a report out of Wenatchee, Washington, where just, they said like in just a few weeks, through just different churches, 150 people have gotten saved and 100 people water baptized in just a few weeks. Um, that's powerful. That's powerful. And I was just, uh, I was in Roseburg, Oregon, and just what God was, was doing there and just how the, the strength of the church. And, and so it's happening. It's happening. There's these fires that are happening all, all over. And, you know, the, the devil, he just wants us to think he's winning. Let's just laugh at that. <laughs> he wants that, that that's, that's really one of the only ways that he could ultimately win. He's not going to win because, I mean, when Jesus gave, I mean, you know, if, if Jesus gave a prophetic word, it was probably a good word. And he said, he said in Matthew 16, he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Now, if you don't know anything else to stand on, stand on that one. Because they're not going to prevail. It may look like it's prevailing, but it's not going to. And it actually, it isn't. It isn't. There isn't. And we'll get into that tonight a little more in the, in the meeting about what's happening around the world and, and why we should be extremely encouraged. And, and, and just um, any level of pessimism in us, uh, the, the Lord is going to help eradicate. Mm-hmm. And because really, you know, our, our hope level, it determines our influence level. Who has the most hope is the most influence. And so I, I just, we, we have our, our own ministry is, um, we're on staff at Bethel Church and we, I work through Global Legacy, which is the part of Bethel that, especially church leaders, they say, hey, we want what's happening at Bethel in our ministries. They connect through Global Legacy. We have uh, resources, and et cetera, and, um, and teaching the School of Supernatural on church leadership. That's where Seth was, and I met Seth and Sarah last, not this school year, but school year before they were a part of that and then kind of recruited them to be on my team and they were going to co-lead you know 70 to 80 students that we have weekly classes with and there's a hundred okay all right all right thank you for that (laughs) and um and i had them both targeted you're this first time i'm gonna have a husband and wife team do this i think this that's just a good idea felt god's wind on it then my personal assistant gets another job at bethel and i look around and say hmm you know who would be a good replacement 
and Sarah was just right there. Wow, God, you are really good to me. Man, you, you just, man, you really love me. So we took Sarah away from Seth somewhat, even though she still helped him. So yeah, so on staff, I travel about half the year, and Wendy and I have our own ministry called Igniting Hope Ministries. And we have a mandate to ignite hope. That's our, that's our assignment. There's no hopeless circumstances. There's only hopeless people. Mm. Yep. There's no hopeless circumstances. There's only hopeless people. And once people get true hope, the circumstance can't stay the same. So I believe after love, hope is the greatest leadership quality there is. A perspective of hope. Hope is the confident, joyful expectation that good is coming. Hope is the confident, joyful expectation that good is coming. Hope is an overall optimistic attitude about the future based on the goodness of God, the promises of God, and the past prayers that we've prayed. I'll say that again. Hope is an overall optimistic attitude about the future based on the goodness of God, the promises of God, and the past prayers that we've prayed. And so we just love to, we love to release hope. God loves to partner with people who are unreasonably optimistic. <laughs> he really likes that. He asks Ezekiel, Ezekiel 37, he says, uh, Hey, Ezekiel, I'd like to know what you think about something. Shows him a valley of very dry bones. And he says, uh, Ezekiel, um, can these bones live? <laughs> and Ezekiel, he gave the safest answer of all time. He said, oh, Lord God, you know. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not going to be critical of Ezekiel. Because I'm not, I'm not sure I would have done any better man, after, after seeing all that. Oh, man, can these bones live? You know. <laughs> and... <laughs> And, and, and then, then the Lord says, prophesy to the bones. He didn't even answer Ezekiel. You know what he said? He said, prophesy. I want you to speak to him. He didn't say, hey, step aside, Ezekiel, and watch me prophesy. No, he says, I've got to partner with somebody. I've got to partner with somebody who's got hope. I've got to partner with somebody who has hope. And, and, and that's, that's you and me. That's you and me. You know, he asks us, hey, uh, can your city live? Can, can the families live? Can, can the economy live? Can signs and wonders live? How many know when God asks us a question like that, the answer is always yes? <laughs> it's always yes. And I, it's never no. I mean, can they live? You know, it's yes. So I just see the Lord. I see the Lord just, just even in this session releasing unreasonable optimism. I, I just see you actually getting an impartation of it. Because hope, when, when you get hope, you just see the same thing differently. You see your city differently. Because it's hard to influence that which you don't have hope for. Whether it's a person, whether it's a group of people, I got um, 
quick bio, I got saved in the 70s. I was a hippie and got saved in the tail end of the Jesus movement. And, and then started, I went to Assembly of God Church and they had a ministry training school and just got, just went there because I just wanted more of God. I had no, I, I didn't plan on going there because I wanted to be in the ministry. I just wanted more of the Lord. And it just led into um, just being on staff at that church for 13 years. We, we pastored for 10 years in Nevada in a very rural area, four hours from Reno, four hours from Vegas, right in the middle of the state. There's a road that goes through Nevada. It's Highway 50. There's signs on the road that say it's the loneliest road in America. <laughs> and we were one hour off of the loneliest road in America. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. <laughs> yeah, we were there. But we knew that we knew that we knew we were supposed to be there. We did. <laughs> By the way, I'm hearing that over you. The Lord is, is, is re-clarifying your assignments. I'm just saying that he's, he's breaking double-mindedness off of people. And, and where you actually, you just, we knew. You know, because the more you know is the more power you have. The more you know. And so we were there for 10 years. Then that's where we met Bill Johnson, senior leader of Bethel Church. Been kind of part of his family since 1991. Um, and he came out every year, and we were sharing that he was very powerful, and then when he went to Toronto, something happened. Man, <laughs> wow, he got something on his life. Wow. I remember a meeting. We had, we had a guy in church. His name was Mitch in Nevada. He only came to church because he lived with a, with a family in, in the church because he, he was alcoholic. He had been battling that. Coming out of that, his family said, you can stay with us, but you got to come to church. Yeah. It's one of those things. He didn't make eye contact, hardly anybody, wasn't engaged. Then Bill Johnson came after Toronto. Bill Johnson asked the question, anybody want more of God, come and stand in the front. Hmm. Mitch moved from the back, went to the front, was standing. Bill was laying hands on people. You know, good things were happening. <laughs> Came to Mitch. It's like Mitch got electrified. Wow. I mean, he got, he, he, he just got, he got, it was like he was electrified. <laughs> I mean, and it wasn't a courtesy electrification. <laughs> it, was like, it, was, it was not a courtesy drop or anything like that. <laughs> Trying to make the man of God feel good. Mm-mm. <laughs> it was, it was, boom! And, and he was absolutely transformed. He, he was, I mean, it was, he got so hungry for God. He, he just, all he could do is pray. All he could read his Bible. And he wasn't even hardly eating at all. He wasn't hardly sleeping. He just said, I want more, Steve. I want more of the Lord. And I said, Mitch, you need to eat something. Mitch. You know. <laughs> we, you know, by the way, those, those, kind of in, those kind of encounters are increasing right now in the body of Christ. And I just hear, even over this region, this region is a region where, where dramatic power encounters are increasing. Dramatic power encounters. And, and, and there's people in this room that you're, you're, you're entering a season where just in your meetings, the power of God is going to manifest more. It's going to manifest more. And, and it's, it's going to be surprising people. 
Just say, I'm a high-level releaser of encounters of God. So we're out there. Uh, then we pastored for seven years in Weaverville, California, where Bill Johnson pastored. That was a laboratory of everything happening at Bethel. Is where he was for 17 years up in the mountains by Redding. He comes down out of the mountains and to Bethel and, and bring, brings what happened up in Weaverville, and now it's gotten exported around the world. And so we were there, and then in 2008, we came uh, to Bethel. And I just, uh, you know, just in my, my own journey of leadership and my own journey of beliefs, and we'll talk about it tonight, but in the, in the main meeting. But one thing I, I love to do in releasing hope, because a perspective of hope is the fruit of good beliefs. In Romans 15, 13, it says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Say all joy. All joy. And, and, and say peace as well. Okay, so like... Hope has two buddies who hang out with them. One's called all joy and one's called peace. And wherever hope is, you know, all joy, he's there kind of stirring it up. You know, he, he, he likes to keep us childlike, you know, keep the spirit of heaviness off us. Because re, a religious mindset is joyless. And, and so when you actually go after joy, you can't, you can't, you can't uh, go after being religious or performance-based because religion and performance-based Christianity totally uh, blocks joy. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's... Um, I remember even in the 90s when the laughter thing broke out and, I, you know, people would be in meetings like this and they would, weren't planning on laughing and then they would start laughing <laughs> and then they couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> you know, I remember watching that and I was troubled and uncomfortable. Yep. <laughs> I said, that can't be God. God may want us a little happy, but he doesn't want us that happy. Because <laughs> if, really, if we really got it, we wouldn't be that happy. Yeah. If we really got it, we'd understand God has just about had enough of us. <clears throat> He's so frustrated and disappointed with us, he's about ready to implode. <laughs> And so you, you get, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. And so it's like this, and then it goes on, it says, in believing. Say, in believing. In believing. And it finishes by saying that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you boil that verse down, it's now may the God of hope fill you in believing. So the more truth I believe, the, the moment I, I start believing truth, I start getting filled by the God of hope with all joy and peace coming as well. That increased hope is the evidence that the renewing of the mind is working. Increased hope is the evidence that we're actually moving from mental assent on a truth to actually believing it. So when we get this, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a, before I went out to Nevada, I was a conduct-focused Christian. And when I went to Nevada, I became a beliefs-focused Christian. Because the kingdom of God is not moved forward by good conduct, it's moved forward by good beliefs. The question of the hour is not, Lord, what should I do? The greater question is, Lord, what should I believe? And he, he showed me as a leader not to trust any belief I had that didn't have hope attached to it. 
He said, every area of your life where you don't have glistening hope, you're believing a lie. And that area is a stronghold of the devil. I said, Lord, well, that's every area. <laughs> that's every area. I had great doctrine, but bad beliefs. Great doctrine. Well, most of it was great. I've had a few upgrades since the 90s. Some of the things I believed back then, I don't really believe anymore. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Lord, for seeing things in the Bible that I didn't see before. And, and, but yeah, I had great doctrine, but I was believing pretty much everything else as a pastor. Everything else I believed in my life was a lie. Believing lies about my people, believing lies about me, believing lies about my region, believing lies. You know, I, I was just, and it was all, it all began to manifest because I didn't have hope. All right, so every I don't have hope, I'm believing a lie. Well, that's every area. I, I, I don't have hope about my finances. I don't have hope about miracles. I don't have hope about evangelism in my region. I, you know, I don't have hope my people. God, I could really do something if I had a new group of people. Yeah. <laughs> man. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm trying to fly like an eagle. I'm landlocked with all these prairie chickens. Man. And then the Lord said, Steve, um, I got news for you. Your, your people aren't the problem. Your beliefs about your people are the problem. Hmm. Lord, it always seems to come back to me. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to be the victim. I can be a victim of something. It's, you know, it's more, more fun to be a victim. I don't have to be responsible. <laughs> ah, oh. <laughs> I blame them. Don't to blame me. I don't want to blame me. <laughs> so yeah, but wow, I got a lot of bad beliefs, yeah, because I didn't have hope anywhere, and then so that was discouraging. But then I got wow, hey, but that means that they're not controlling me. I don't have to wait for them, or, or the devil's not even my problem. My beliefs is, my beliefs are. And I can, and I got, one of the greatest revelations I got is I can think on purpose. Wow, I, I can think, I, I know, I can actually do that. Philippians 4, 8 says, finally, brothers, what things are true, and it gives this list, noble, good report, virtuous, think on these things. Whew. Showed me the greatest spiritual war, the, the highest level of spiritual warfare is to take every thought captive. So it all, it all, all I got this revelation. Because up to that point, all my spiritual warfare guns were pointed outward. I was rebuking until my rebuker was worn out. <laughs> I was binding everything that moved. <laughs> I know. Ah, I bind out Jesus' name. 
And there's a time to deal directly with the devil, but, but the, again, the greatest spiritual warfare, if you look at 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5, is to take every thought captive. So he said, I want you to redirect your greatest spiritual warfare guns at your own beliefs. I want you to make your hopelessness a bigger enemy to you than the devil. I want you to, I want you to be more concerned about your hopelessness than anything the devil's doing. Hmm, oh, okay, that's a, that sounds like a shift. Uh-huh. And when you find areas where you have hope, just ask me what the lie is that's creating that sense of hopelessness. Ask me, I'll tell you. And then more importantly, I'll tell you the truth that's going to make you free. And these things obviously didn't happen overnight, and I had this, oh, man, you know, I'm a mess thing. And then... He showed me the key of laughter, of how laughter is, because it says in Psalm 2, 4, he who sits in the heavens laughs. I saw that. And the context of that is he's laughing at what his enemies are saying and planning. I got an idea. I said, I'm going to try an experiment. The devil's my enemy. He's the father of all lies. Um, I'm, I'm going to do an experiment and I'm going to laugh at lies and see what happens. Because lies sound really real in the darkness of our thinking. Oh, yes, amen. This area is really hard for the gospel. Oh, yeah. That feels really true. Amen. <laughs> then I say it out of my mouth. This area is hard for God. That's just stupid. That's just stupid. Hard for God. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and so I, I, I got this joy, this laughing at lies piece that came into helping me with my beliefs. Because to laugh, you have to let go of something. Laughter is a way of starting dismantling bad beliefs. So let me, let me just, we're going to do this more tonight, but I wanted you guys to kind of get a little preliminary into this so that when we share it in the bigger meeting, you guys can already be in the flow. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to, let me just share with you um, just some, some common devil lies. And after I share each one, just do an experiment and laugh. All right? <clears throat> Let's laugh at this. <clears throat> you are not a great leader. Ha, 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 The only way you can believe that is if you believe your past experience rather than believing what he says. Past experience is not truth. How about this one? Uh, This region uh, is an impossible region for worldwide revival to break out from. (laughs) Matter of fact, God doesn't even like this region. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't like this region because of its sinful history. (laughs) 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 Here's a lie I camped in for about a decade. There is something uniquely wrong with you. (laughs) 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 Oh, but it feels so true. If it feels true, it's got to be true. Let's laugh at that. <laughs> and then, um, 
One of the devil's all-time favorite lies, laughter in the church is from the devil. <laughs> you know, it's so good when leaders laugh. I believe that every leader needs a spiritual oil change every 3,000 ministry miles. I believe that. I believe that laughter and hilarity is, is the oil change. Because when you're actually able to let go, because most spirits of heaviness, discouragement, and depression comes from believing lies. So we're actually able to start dismantling what's actually causing the problem. Then, then, then we're, we're at, we get an oil change, and then we can be refreshed for, for the next 3,000 ministry miles. <laughs> That's why I love Toronto. I mean, just, you know, Toronto. I, I just, oh, man, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a constant oil change. I mean, I just, oh, I, I go up there. I mean, I just, 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 you know, every two ministry miles, I get another change. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't think I needed that. Yeah, you need it. There's a lot of crud in there. We're trying to clean out. You need know, oil change. You mean that? You need a lot. <laughs> So, and we just thank you, Lord, for a new joy outburst. A new joy outburst with leaders. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the oil of gladness. Thank you for the oil of joy. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that just spirits of heaviness are getting off of our lives. And, and just uh, thank you for just dismantling bad beliefs to us as leaders and disappointments and hurts and oh man tiredness we just say thank you lord for you just invading us with a fresh oil of the holy spirit Whew. just turn to your neighbor and say man yeah uh you you are um i, I see god doing a fresh oil change in you right now <laughs> One of the books I wrote is called Let's Just, Let's Just, yeah, somebody's getting, getting an overhaul change. Um, I wrote this book um, called Let's Just Laugh at That. It's um, 45, it's a devotional, 45 things that past experience says is true, but God's word says something else is true, using the power of laughter to break off. Bad beliefs. Let's, uh, this is just one I thought it would be good to read. I'll read a kingpin lie and then some laughable assumptions under it. So after I share each one, uh, let me, let's just laugh at this lie right here. I just want you to give a, a, an extra hearty laugh on this one. Um, if your ministry does not appear successful, then it is not. <laughs> That's a good one. Here's some laughable assumptions under that. Without current outward success in your ministry, you are a failure in your calling. <laughs> Let's give an extra laugh on that one. <laughs> those who plant and water are not successful, but those who reap harvests are very successful. <laughs> yeah. I know. Uh, thank you, Cameron. Yeah. 
<laughs> Here's a good one. Noah was a failure until the flood validated his ark ministry. <laughs> Only ministries that have a lot of people and a lot of money are successful. <laughs> getting, cons getting, getting concerned about Andy. <laughs> I think we... Uh, I know. I think we might need more ushers. <laughs> more ushers. My, excuse me, your obedience to God is unsuccessful unless people celebrate you. Oh my! Little, you know, it's a little children laugh on average 400 times a day. Someone say yay. yay. And adults laugh on average only 15 times a day. Somebody say boo, boo. I want to grow up and become childlike. I've tried being dignified as a Christian, and it's way overrated. Yeah, amen. You're excited now. But one day, you'll become mature like me. No, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm learning how to walk in the joy of the Lord because the joy of the Lord is our strength. I believe that our spiritual load-bearing capacity is in direct proportion to the level of joy in our lives. That's what I believe. Our spiritual load-bearing capacity is in direct proportion to the level of joy in our lives. I don't need joy at the end of the battle. I need joy in the battle. Amen. One thing about leadership is leaders, leaders have to learn how to thrive with unresolved issues all around them. <laughs> Thank you, Cameron, for just... Overflowing, you yeah, and, and, and the more, the greater the responsibility you get is the more unresolved issues you have. I mean, sometimes I wish I was my assignment was just to be a monk in a cave burning incense by myself. I'd have few unresolved situations. <laughs> But you don't grow up that way. You don't grow up. And, uh, and I, I just know this is that uh, the Lord, I just, I'm hearing this over you. The Lord is releasing an anointing in your life in this meeting to thrive with unresolved situations around you. And, and you know, because it, it's, I used to only have joy when, when everything was, when there weren't any problems. Let's laugh at that. Ha, 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 ha. Amen. Yep, I, yeah. I can be joyful now. There's nothing I'm really majorly concerned about. Ha, ha, ha. 
I remember pastoring again in the 90s, learning all this, and we have a very small church, about 30 people when we get out there. I, you know, Nehemiah is a great story. Nehemiah rebuilding the walls and these three guys harassing him, Sanballat, Geshem, and Tobiah. And they're, uh, you know, chapter four, they say, even if a fox gets up on your wall, it's going to fall over. <laughs> they're saying, they're saying, it's not going to last. By the way, let's just laugh at this lie. What you're building right now is not going to last. <laughs> I mean, just even if a little spiritual fox gets on it, it's going to fall over. <laughs> <laughs> and then in chapter 6, they come and they say, oh, Hey, um, Nehemiah, let's meet. Uh, let's meet in the valley of Ono. Come and meet with us. And Nehemiah said this. He said, Why should I come down to you? I'm doing a great work. Why, why, should, I, why should I come down? I'm doing a great work. Now, by the way, those who, are, who believe they're doing a great work are doing a great work. I used to say, Lord, I can't wait till I do something great for you. You know, he says, uh, he said, Steve, instead of waiting to do something great for me, why don't you do what you're doing right now with great faith? And it will become great. So he's there. He says, now I'm doing a great work. You know, I remember I, I as, a, as a younger leader, I was, my goal in ministry was to see, Hopefully that, that oh no's would not happen. I didn't want any oh no's happening. So here's, here's kind of how it was for me on a Sunday. I'd show up, my faith level would be here, and then oh no's would start happening. Uh, the sound man said he, he, he couldn't show up. Oh no. I'd start descending into the valley to meet with the enemy. Sister so-and-so comes up to me and complains again. <laughs> Oh, no, I was hoping she wouldn't complain. <laughs> Those people, they're not here again. Oh, no. I go and descend even more. This is back when we had overhead projectors. <laughs> the overhead projector person has the wrong song up. <laughs> that used to be me. Oh, yeah, I know. And, and, and there's a misspelling on there. Oh, no. Oh, no. The, everybody's coming in late. Oh, no. But by the time the meeting started, I was in the Valley of Ono. My goal was, I hope there's not any Ono's today. Then I can have great faith. Let's laugh at that. Ha, 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 ha. And the Lord says, hey, Steve, your response to those things is more important than those things. Because yep. I'm developing you as a leader. And I'm, I, I'm teaching you how not to drop down in faith, how not to drop down in a sense of significance. I'm teaching you how, how to keep it high. We had a Sunday night service where there was only three people. There are regular Sunday night service. Wendy, me, and one other person. Let's just laugh at that. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. I heard a lot of lies that night. You are a bad leader. 
Your influence is declining. This place is a difficult place for the gospel. Your people really don't love Jesus. Hearing all these. But I remember the Lord said, he said basically, hey, Steve, how you think with three people will be whether I can trust you with a thousand. Yeah, he was. He was chuckling. Because I didn't understand it, that most things that are happening are developing me for something greater because vision for the future gives purpose for the present. The more vision I got for the future, that's why a prophetic culture is so important because the prophetic culture's jolts us. Whoa, I'm important. I'm, I'm being prepared for something. I got to think bigger. That's what the prophetic culture is about. That's why we need to prophesy over each other. That's why we need to encourage each other so we actually have vision. Because if I get vision, I know that everything right now is training for that. And I'm not talking about being trained to be a Christian pop celebrity. Let's laugh at that. I'm talking about being trained so that I can actually have more significance and more influence. So everything, everything in our current situation is our training for that. That difficult person, training. That discouragement that wants to come on you, it's training how to get because you can't take that thing with you. That victim mentality concerning the people around you or leadership or whatever, that thing you can't take with you. You're going somewhere. God's always concerned, more concerned about what's happening in you than what's happening through you. He's always more concerned about what's because ministry, you don't have a ministry because you have a message. You have a ministry because you have a life. Yeah. It's not, I, I got a great sermon. Yeah, I want to hear my sermon. That's, I, I got a powerful ministry. Let's laugh at that. <laughs> I got a ministry because I love my wife. I got a ministry because I treat people well. I got a ministry because I didn't quit when I wanted to quit. And those are the things, those are the things that that create, because ministry is impartation of your life. It's not a message, it's an impartation of who you are. That's and so when we actually know that, then 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 our life becomes an overflow. And I just sense there's quality leaders in this room. Man, who are these people? Man, who, who, I know, you told me. But, <laughs> Let's laugh at that. <laughs> I know. I got, I got you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Would you? I'm gonna have Seth and Sarah come on up in just a moment. There, each I think you're gonna release a prophetic word. It would be great. If, what's uh, really fast? What's a phrase you heard that I said that spoke to you today? If you wrote it down or just remember it, just say the phrase, and I'll repeat it. Just what, what was some, what was something you heard? Yeah. What? Who? Laughter is a key. Yep. Yep. Our hope level determines our influence level. Every day that we don't have 
Yep, every area of your life where you don't have glistening hope, you're believing a lie, that's a stronghold of the devil. Yep, make your hopelessness a bigger enemy to you than the devil. Yep, there's no hopeless circumstances, there's only hopeless people. The greatest spiritual warfare is the decision to think differently, to take every thought captive. Yep, God wants, and, and, and I believe He is right now, unreasonable optimism. Yes, the, the purpose of the prophetic culture, one of the main purposes is to break off people's agreement with the past and to create vision for the future, and vision for the future gives purpose and power for the present. <laughs> Hope is a joyful expectation that good is coming. Yes, my. Yep. Let's see. How do I say that? <laughs> <laughs> my spiritual load-bearing capacity is in direct proportion to the level of joy in my life. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Hope causes you to see the same thing differently. I can think on purpose. Yep, next to love, hope is the most po powerful quality of leadership. That's my opinion. Yep. Because if you don't have vision, then, then I'm trying to avoid the oh no. Oh no! That person is here again. Oh, and, she does, and she doesn't like me. And, uh, I wish she wasn't here. Let's laugh at that. Ha ha ha. That, that, that's visionless thinking. And I, I slip into that every hour because those, those things aren't fun. But once I get vision, no, I understand. What are you trying to do in me? Yeah. Trying to teach me how to love, how to forgive, how not to be manipulated by other people, how not to dwell on the negative. Because as a leader, I would just, everything, 99 things would be going right and one thing would be going wrong and I'd dwell on that thing. That, per that one person doesn't like me. I just think about that, go to sleep thinking about that person. They don't like me. They like me. That was just stupid. Free us of that stuff, Lord. Free us of that. Whatever that thing is. We don't want it. We can't take that with us where we're going. Anything else you hear? Yep, God's more concerned about what's happening in you, what's happening through you. This book, The Culture of Empowerment, um, How to Champion People, takes Bill Johnson's quote, my goal is not to build a big church, but to build big people. And it's just, uh, it's really one of my life works. Been writing it for a while. A chapter titles, What is Empowerment? Empowering Beliefs, How to Empower Yourself. 
being an empowering person. Empowerment's not a leadership structure you put on a church. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Um, empowering language. I've got a whole section on disempowering language that we use in empowering language. Disempowering phrases, empowering phrases. Uh, choosing who to empower and when, leadership. Uh, increasing the likelihood of being empowered by leaders over you. You've got a chapter on that. Uh, creating an empowering leadership training program. Cam, I want to sow that into your life. And then I wrote another book called uh, Help I'm a Pastor. It's got a, it's got a, it's got a pastor who's hiding behind the pulpit. <laughs> and um, this is uh, 80 core values for especially church leaders and 50 scenarios, two pages each, that you wish you were taught on in, in, in seminary, Bible school, but you weren't. That, that happened in every ministry. That happened in every ministry, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, you got people are always coming late. Uh, you know, we got that scenario. Or someone comes up and says, Pastor, uh, that person you're using in ministry, I want to let you know she's a Jezebel. Uh, you, got, you got that scenario. Um, you got the scenario, I don't work, I just live by faith scenario. Um, Here you go. Would you guys come on up? Just I love you guys. Anything you just want to add to just what has already happened? Yeah, I just wanted to share a few things that I was feeling like the Lord was saying over, um, well, over Vandalia specifically. Uh, today I was just, I had a strong sense that we're going to need a bigger building. Come on, I've been saying that. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, this, I, what I was seeing is, you know, Israel and Jessica, you know, really ended up being the ones to be the cause of this. And I was almost seeing it like Israel's business, how there's just another thing added on, another business added on, or another, <laughs> he grows, you know, he just grows. And I just kept seeing like this multiplication and a growth here or a growth there or a new idea that would spur this new thing. And they're just being this explosion. I really feel like there's going to be a real community connection that, that people are going to get their needs met through this church. And there's just going to be just such a, there's, there's, there's going to be a need for almost like traffic service around here. Like traffic is just going to increase around here. And, um, yeah, there's just going to be a lot of people, just a lot, a lot, a lot of people wow. coming through here, and there's going to be, <laughs> I guess I'm just reading your mind, I don't know. <laughs> What's that? Best donuts, maybe that's the reason for the traffic. I know I would be, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, but I just saw just tons of increase and explosion, it's just an explosion of growth. Yeah, you can add that. So, like, so I heard miracle grow. Uh, wow. And I, and I heard that this, is, this region is actually a place where seeds are going to be planted and grow fast. Like the soil is ready, the soil is ripe, and as you guys plant seeds, it's going to happen faster than what you imagine. It's, there's cycles, right? The seed goes into the ground, the seed dies, the seed starts to sprout up. But I feel like there's wrinkles in time in that process 
in this region for you guys. That you can actually plant and the harvest, you're going to reap harvest faster than you anticipated. Faster than you had thought that it was going to happen. Whoa. You have something with that? Or, okay. yeah. Um, yeah, I just was feeling like there's some people that are going to become really integral parts of, of this church that are not here yet. And the name Megan is coming to mind. I don't know if there's like a Megan around or there's a Megan coming, but I just feel like that's she, like whoever that is is really important. Um, yeah, and I just think that there's there's going to be a lot of teaching and training, a lot of equipping that's hap- going to happen here. So Israel, I just felt like God was saying that um, you're going to start getting answers to complicated questions from simple places. And I even thought, um, actually saw you prophetically through your children, actually your children speaking something that might not directly apply to the situation, but actually God uses what comes out of their mouth to speak to decisions that you need to make. Wow. Yeah, and um, just over New Day as a whole, um, the Lord is speaking to me. Do you remember the year? Does anybody remember the year of giving that we did? Okay, so we had, what year was it? Do you remember the specific year? 2009, maybe? We did this thing, and I can't remember all of the, the details, even how it got started. I, it was Cameron's idea, I remember. It was just this powerful <laughs> time where every week, we started with a big kickoff, I think, of a big give of some kind. No, no, it was actually uh, two people wanted to give something anonymously. And so two people wanted to give something anonymously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we ended up for every single Sunday, something was given away, and people in the church could give something. Sometimes the church gave something to someone, but every year it could have even been like a gift card. But one day, um, a couple gave a card to a single mom. Um, there was just like all wow. kinds, all kinds of like creative, artistic, out of the box, really beautiful things. But I remember the church giving a lot. I felt like as a whole, we gave like a big chunk of money one time to someone or to something. There was just a lot of giving. The year of giving, it was just an abundant year of giving. It was right in the middle of after the crash happened in 2008. So it was in a really interesting time. But anyway, I felt like the Lord was saying that there is, there is, like he has been kind of saving up like a reaping from that sowing that happened. And this is the season of that kind of being released. I felt, I felt, I saw a picture of the Lord just kind of like, he loved the year of giving. It was like, I just saw this joy in the Lord. He just had so much like happiness. He just loved it. And I felt like even as a whole, the whole church was childlike, but it was kind of coming because that's who the Lord is. He just loved it. And I just, I've seen him like this, like, like he can't wait to pour out. He's been saving kind of to pour out over the church for such a time as this. And that season is coming. So I just bless new day that this is a season of, of reaping, reaping yes. and Thank receiving. Yeah, it's a powerful time of that. Yeah. All right. You guys received the words today in this leadership meeting. And I also hear the Lord just saying this over you. It's the words, thank you. To you personally, thank you. Thank you for saying yes. Yep, thanks for not quitting. Thanks for persevering. Thank you. Thank you. He is he loves you. He's proud of you. Seriously, he's very proud of you.
And, you know, just all of us have got areas to grow in. None of us have arrived yet, and we want to keep growing, obviously. But I think it's just time to, you know, just pause and just receive his thanks. You know, receive his thanks for you. For your vision, for your tenacity, for loving people, your generosity, your (laughs) risk-taking. Just, you know, all of that. And, and seeking to take the high road in, in how, you, how you do things. And, and so just as a representative of him, just thank you. Thank you. And, and just thank you, Lord, just for a new bounce in our step. Thank you just for a new, just a, a, a return to childlikeness in our leadership. Last thing I'll say is that joy is, my definition of joy is this. It's the childlike wonder of working with God instead of for God. The childlike excitement and wonder of working with God instead of for God. You know, it's kind of like I want to be the mouse with the mouse and the elephant. You know, they cross the bridge and and. The mouse says to the elephant when they got to the other side, boy, we sure shook that bridge, didn't we? (laughs) 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 Anything else, Cameron? We good? Do you want to just...